Welcome to Rental Equip Talk Radio with your host, Donald Charbonnet. This is the radio program designed for industry insiders, as well as anyone interested in getting into the rental equipment industry. Now, here is Donald Charbonnet. Welcome to this week's uh, Rental Equip Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Donald Charbonnet, broadcasting live from New Orleans. First, a big thank you to the hundreds of listeners we have had after only a couple of shows. Tell your associates our audience is growing. Please keep prayers coming for the Carolina flood victims. Water still rising. I'm sure every pump rental company in the country is busy. Today, we're having another open forum, answering emails and having actual callers. The number is one 472 5790. I know people in the industry are busy, so I appreciate all the listen-on-demand traffic that we've had, as well as emails. I almost feel like Dear Abby when I get the emails, so uh, here's to Dear Donald, and here we go. Uh, Remember, we're not here to report all the news, just to let you react to the news, but there's some interesting news out there. Again, the number to call, 1-866-472-472. 5790. And remember, you can also email at rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Let me know what you want to talk about. So, we typically have no last names or company names unless you want to for your own privacy. So, first, we have a mystery acquisition in the works. As we reported in the RER reports with an equipment dealer getting ready to acquire a multi-location rental company in the Northeast. Question is, who can it be? Anyone want to speculate? Give us a call. I know Gary Stansberry is representing the seller, and if they're in Gary's hands, they're in good shape. The seller's market sure is hot right now. And from the newsletter for Construction Pros, three very interesting articles that you should check out. Dodge Data reports new construction falls starts fell again in August, down by 9%. But the Equipment Leasing and Finance Industry Confidence Index increased in September. Their increase rose 5%, so confidence is still very high. Nothing against the new construction uh, decline. And on a third note, the Associated General Contractors, recent survey regarding employment, and there is a big labor shortage. 77% have raised pay scales, 43% are offering signing bonuses, and 37% have improved benefits. The end result of all this is a trend in rising project costs and delaying work schedules for our customers to contractors. Better be taking care of your people. There's a point of loyalty versus making more money. I always suggest regular compensation reviews. It's always better if you give an increase before someone says, I need a raise. I think it should be stated when reviews will take place so the employee knows, especially with new hires and probation periods. But what will happen next with this uh, manpower shortage? Will rental companies soon be offering operators to go with their equipment? Food for thought. 
your thoughts. My number is one 472 5790 So let's roll with some emails. Here's one about Caterpillar. In the most recent RER 100, 20 or 20% of the companies were CAT affiliated. Does anyone know if they have a bigger national account program to compete against some of the bigger companies? Personally, to the best of my knowledge, they do not. I was actually on the CAT rental store advisory board with some really great people some years ago, and there were some, some attempts to pull dealers with cat rental into something that would compete, say, with back then, the Herc Rentals of the world. Here's the problem, as I recall, which which should should give you some comfort level. There's dozens of different owners in different geographical locations with Caterpillar, all different dealers, all have some different cost structures, uh, different rental rates, example being uh, West Coast could get a higher rental rate for equipment than a Gulf Coast company could. So there was a big problem in getting different owners to agree. Also, some cat rental locations had different allied or rather non-cat inventories like man lifts, pumps, compressors, welders. And there was no consistent product offering throughout. There were different billing systems, collection methods, it would have been a tough task to get it done. Now, I'm not taking anything away from the individual cat rental locations across the country. There's a lot of great operators out there. In fact, I opened some. I still find their main focus is cat earth moving equipment. And I don't think that that'll ever change. There's a handful of dealers who have really embraced the concept of cat rental having a full allied product line, but not all of them have. I would love to hear from somebody in cat rental if this is not the case today. And here's an age old problem. Uh, I have a customer that has rented something month after month. Suddenly they come in and tell me they could have purchased it for what they paid in rent. It's an awkward situation. Again, this is an age-old problem. And they're probably right on the numbers. I believe it's best to have some type of company policy for these issues that come up from time to time. As with so many things like this, whatever decision you make could be based on what the asset is on your books for. If you sell it for less than book value, you show a loss on the sale but that could be negligible based on how much rent you've taken in on the asset. So there's a, a number of things to consider. How good a customer are they? Do you want to keep their business? Probably yes. Does this happen on a consistent basis with the same customer that they never watch how long they're keeping an item and they're always coming back complaining about they could have bought it? You might even ask them what they feel is a fair settlement, just to get their views. What do they think you should do? Kind of a, uh, what would you do if you were in my shoes as a rental operator and somebody came in? How do you feel about it? 
You could also state that we have a policy, if this arises, that we will only apply X percent of rent towards any purchase if it's been out for X number of months. You're kind of in a no-win situation. So anything you do to get a win-win and keep a customer, if you want them, and this competitive environment is very good. So I think you really need to think it through and see how close to the customer you really are. Here's one that I'm not sure is up my alley or not, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. Uh, there is so much social media out there right now. How do I know what's best and what works? Well, I'm I'm a little bit old school, and so uh, I grew up when advertising was greeting someone, uh, as my old buddy Donald used to say, belly to belly and shaking their hands, either on a job site or in the store. Today, it's a whole different game. I personally think so much of the social media is out there just to keep your name in front of people, which is good and necessary because everyone's doing it. Between, <laughs> between tweeting, Instagramming, Pinterest, apps for almost every company out there, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, what else is there? And your company's website. It's a lot. I personally use LinkedIn and trade journal newsletters to promote this show because the audience is very narrowly focused. It's, it's directed to you and hopefully feedback from you. But I'm told I'm way behind the times uh, that I should be uh, tweeting and Facebooking and uh, a lot of other things that uh, people are doing on a day-to-day -day basis. The only advice that I would give is to have your website set up to check the activity regularly and see how many hits you're getting on it. Also, to make sure that it's easy to navigate. I get on some sites and get a little crazy when things don't go right, and I think, has the owner or company ever tried to use his own site? Not necessarily in rental, but with some sites in general. The setup has been outsourced, uh, in most cases anyway. But check it out as a user. Make sure that it works easily for you and your customers. I don't guess any of this uh, social media can hurt. It's a way of life these days. It's one of those, uh, if you can't beat them, uh, better join them. Again, would like to hear from somebody with experience in this area to tell us what practices they're using in promoting their company. You know, uh, tweeting obviously has uh, been in the forefront uh, because of our president. And so, uh, like our president, I guess happy tweeting to everybody. And I'll see if at some point I can learn how to do that to get the word out uh, as to uh, what all what all you like and what. What do you think is the most effective social media uh, uh, tool, I would say, in order to uh, keep your customers informed about what you're doing? Uh, the apps that are out there right now are 
allowing customers to rent from their phone, to send in service calls from their phone without a lot of uh, personal interaction. And I think we all have to be very, very careful that we don't uh, take too much of this uh, social media and technology to the point where, in fact, we lose the human touch in business. Because human touch is what founded the business. We are all in the uh, problem-solving business to get started uh, in the early days when the uh, when the industry was started. And now I think it's really grown to the point where it's becoming so tech technologically advanced. And uh, at some point, I'd love to have a show where we can talk about uh, what your favorite technology is in uh, in the industry and what what has worked best for you more than anything so that we could all learn from each other as to what the, the best method is. Uh, some apps are, are good, some apps are bad. It's up, in most cases, to the guys out in the field to get the customers to use them and to educate them as to what, in fact, uh, they can do. So let's go ahead and take a break and jump back to Voice America, and we will come back uh, with some more emails when we return. At that, I'm going to break back to Voice America and take a breather. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual-capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit GenieLift.com. That's GenieLift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. This is Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. 
And we're back, and our call-in number is 1-866-472-5790. If you have time, give me a call. Tell me what's on your mind. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff that uh, we'll get some feedback on. Uh, here's probably one of the, the most important, no, I shouldn't say most important, but one of the uh, more interesting emails that I'm surprised uh, didn't come up after the first show. And uh, especially with the United Blue Line uh, acquisition. So the question is on consolidation, how far can all this consolidation go? Well, there's really no telling. Um, Public companies have a responsibility to their investors and shareholders to grow their companies profitably. So there's no telling how big one might get. Who's to say that the, that uh, maybe there's a couple of large existing companies uh, that still might merge? We, we never know. I mean, who who expected uh, the United situation with NES and then NEF and then Blue Line? So you really never know what's going on behind the scenes. I believe with the aging in the industry, now with third and fourth generation men and women in it, that there may come a point in time in the future where there's no one else to continue running the business. It's not for everybody. Uh, A lot of the younger people today have different ideas of things that they want to do, and uh, rental is not always the way to go, although uh, falling into a family business isn't uh, a horrible thing. It can give you a great, great livelihood and continue on for more generations to come, and I'm sure that there will be those uh, that happens. So the obvious exit plan with with the generational thing uh, is to sell the company. This this isn't as much uh, as as I would call consolidation, but rather an exit strategy for an owner who's ready to get out with no contingency plan of family that wants to go there or, or employees that might want to take over the business. So I think there's always going to be rental companies being sold. And so that's kind of how you have to look at it. I can remember times that there were five or six of them listed in classifieds and uh, not knowing if they'd ever get out of the business or not, just because uh, in that first generation that we went through, uh, they just didn't have the opportunities that uh, current owners today have. Uh, I, I can remember a time when older owners wondered, how will I ever sell or get out of this business? Consolidation did change all that, made a lot of people uh, very wealthy and gave them a great uh, retirement uh, opportunity. Uh, So I don't think it's if I can find a buyer. I think it's who will I sell to when the time is right and the circumstances are right. Uh, And as we've talked in in previous shows, as you get close to uh, that stage in your life where you think you're getting ready to sell, I, my suggestion always is to get a professional involved, be somebody like Dan Conway or, or Gary Stansberry, who, in fact, uh, have the expertise to help you prepare to maximize uh, all your whole all your efforts from your whole career in building a business. You know, if you if you look at the home improvement and do-it-yourself market and retail, uh, in most markets. There are mainly just two players, major players, in that uh, Lowe's and Home Depot. In office supply, 
you have the same thing with Staples and Office Depot, Office Max. But in this industry, I believe there will always be a place for the independent to serve the needs of contractors while the larger companies chase the commercial and industrial business, which is what I think most of their main focus is on. Uh, interesting enough, though, you see a lot of diversification of uh, of product offerings in the HVAC industry specifically and in the specialty pump industry also that people uh, like Herc, for example, uh, have jumped in, into that as well as United has. And I can remember a time when Agreco was the only one who really had that market all sewed up as well as some of the major major manufacturers of the HVA uh, product like uh, GE and Carrier and people like that. Uh, so, you know, jump back to the the uh, home improvement market is, you know, it's just like the local Ace and True Value hardware stores in your local neighborhood. Uh, they survive. And uh, personally, I, I'll go for a uh, local, quick, in and out, rather than fight for parking at a big box retailer and a retailer not to be confused with the large rental company because there's very few walk-ins. Uh, you know, the, the price isn't that different. The service in a small hardware store is actually better. So uh, sometimes smaller, independent is better in some industries. And I'm not saying it's that way in the rental business specifically, but uh, Again, you can give a lot better service uh, than you can uh, in a large industry. So here's another one. Uh, I'm expanding my aerial fleet. From a safety standpoint, who's responsible for the training of the operators? You know, I did a little research on, on this email and uh, – I'd refer you to uh, Mr. James Waite, uh, who's going to be a future guest on the show. Uh, he's an attorney who's done a ton of legal work in the rental industry and uh, authored the book on rental contracts for the ARA, as well as has written numerous articles uh, on our industry. And I think we're really glad to have him tuned in to what we're all doing. But in a May 2015 article uh, that was recently came across my desk in rental management. He talked about uh, two different things. One is training and the other is familiarization and the fact that more burden is being put back on the supplier of the equipment. He advises that there should be at least two addendums uh, to the actual rental agreement when you rent aerial equipment, since that's a specific product that we're talking about right now. One is a fall protection addendum, which provides for all the warnings requirement that uh, are needed when you uh, have someone using your aerial equipment. And the second would be a familiarization addendum. And this is all about the communication between the delivery personnel and the customer. So let's remember that, you know, somebody calls in, they talk to an inside salesperson or uh, an outside salesperson is called in an order uh, to the desk. 
but there's certain documentation that has to happen. Uh, and unfortunately, a lot of it's CYA, as we all know, to make sure that the proper instruction was given. Now, we never know if the job superintendent is taking all the forms and signing off of them and then having somebody who's a, a laborer, so to speak, with little training go up uh, into a man lift to do some work, be it glazing or whatever the case may be. Uh, and they're the ones who are at risk. And their bosses are the ones who are signing off to say, um, you know, we've educated them, we've trained them, but at some point, how far is this training going to go? I mean, I could foresee, and I know there's also training companies that are out there who uh, can train your people, can train, uh, they, they train contractors either in classroom or on site, uh, and all of this is for the safety of those people who are going anywhere from 40 to 180 feet these days uh, up in these uh, aero work platforms uh, to, to get the work done. And, and on, that, on that note, uh, you know, don't forget about the potential of uh, the retail opportunity with selling safety gear. Uh, it's a good habit to always have a, a new harness go out because you never know what the old harness looks like. And if the contractor declines that, well, then that burden obviously is on them to uh, to protect their uh, their company, their excuse me, their laborer. And on that note, I just always want to remember how important our delivery personnel are. Uh, they pay, they play a vastly important role in dealing with customers. Uh, a good or poor delivery person can make or break a relationship with the customer. Man, I, I would say give them a big thank you every day for what they do. Uh, they've got to be trained better than anybody. They've got to know how to operate every piece of equipment. They've got to know how to load it. So uh, loading safely, driving safely. You've all seen the, the pictures of the excavator hitting the bridge. It's not, not pleasant. Uh, communicating where the customer wants the equipment. They have a never-ending job, and a lot of times they are the face of the company because that's who the customer actually sees outside of the salesman who is there to try to solicit uh, the business from the contractor. So uh, if, if you get a guy who says, I'm putting it here and, and that's all I'm doing versus uh, discussing and communicating with the contractor to say, I really need it over here, and uh, even to the point where if, if they're indicating pickup instructions, then, uh, you know, that's what we want to do. And uh, he's got to communicate that back to the rental office to make sure that the scheduling can be done. I also know that there's also issues about uh, deliveries before the workday, uh, middle of the night, so they have it for the next day. Uh, our drivers, delivery personnel, I work some crazy hours to uh, to make sure that the customers are satisfied because everybody seems to want it all at the same time. And that's where the dispatcher's role comes in to say, we'll get it all done. But we got a lot of planning to do to get it all done with the amount of traffic on the roads these days and early morning hours and evening hours and pickups. It's, uh, it's a never-ending battle uh, to, in fact, uh, make sure this works. Uh, if you would like a copy of this article uh, that Mr. Waite 
uh, wrote. I have a copy of it. And so uh, write to me at uh, rentalwhiptalkradio at uh, gmail.com, and I'll be delighted to forward this um, letter on to you. Again, uh, Mr. Waite will be a guest on the show uh, probably in November. And so I think you have a lot of valuable input uh, to give to everybody that's tuning into the show. And uh, and so prepare your questions along the way. Uh, we'll let that be an interview and a talking show. And uh, at that point, I think we're just about ready to take another break. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of aero work platforms out there. It's a, it's a competitive environment. You've got to do something better than the other guys, be it training or safety, to make sure that the customer and their employees are safe with your products. So with that, I think we'll take another quick break and come back in a few minutes. At that, I'm going to break back to Voice America and take a breather. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual-capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom lifts, visit GenieLift.com. That's GenieLift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit GenieLift.com. This is Rental Equipped Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back. The number is 1-866-472-5790. I know it's a busy time for everybody, so let's uh, move on to the next email. Uh, this is one I'm pretty sensitive about. Uh, emailer says, I'm thinking about joining a rental business group. Is it worth the time and effort? I could talk about this 
subject for, for days. Without question, one of the best things you can do is join a peer group. I was in one years ago, still today, communicate with a number of them on a regular basis. Not just on business issues, but some of the friendships made uh, are really for a lifetime. The history of this concept goes back many, many years when a trade journal got some of the founding fathers, <clears throat> names that you really don't hear anymore, but people like the Grasses and the Greenbergs and the Dorans, to name a few, uh, would get together and have a, a two-day summit, if you will. It gave the, the trade journal lots of stuff to talk about because, again, we're talking about the infancy of the industry as a whole. I was in a second-generation group, again, set up by a trade journal. Uh, there was about 15 to 20 of us. The concept was to fly into an easy-to-get-to spot, get a conference room with plenty of space, and talk for two days about our businesses. No other subjects but the rental business. Each person was typically assigned a topic to research, present to the group. I'll give you a couple of examples about some of the topics and, and why. So one of them was, uh, what's your top rental items by revenue? And somebody had to get a list from everybody and solicit that information and and bring it in a report. And so we'd find that, uh, for example, Joe was renting things that we didn't even have in our fleet back then. Uh, and if he can bring in X dollars on skip loaders or whatever, and I don't even own any, uh, maybe I should try some to see if there's a market in, in my territory. Uh, another one was rental rate surveys. At a very sensitive time when price fixing was being watched so carefully, uh, we would list companies by A, B, and C, for example, by the person gathering the information, state what the product was, and produce a day, week, and month, now four-week rate on that particular item. And so, you know, for example, if I'm renting a compressor package to pick a number, uh, $90 a day for a a 185 jackhammer and a couple of a point and a chisel and bill uh, in another city some states away is renting it for $110 a day. Why can't I get this this rate too for, for the same product? Uh, again, there were no company names mentioned, just rates, but it just was kind of like what the market will bear. And if, if, uh, if I'm at 90 and he's at 110, I certainly have some room to try to adjust my rate up uh, to maximize the return on investment that I've made. Another one was operating costs. We would take some specific operating costs, say like uh, occupancy, insurance, uh, maintenance, to name a few, and everybody would plug in the percentage uh, that they were paying out of their revenue uh, for that particular expense, and uh, we would compare them, very simply. If I was uh, at 14% occupancy and somebody else was at 8% occupancy, I've got to look and see what either they're doing right or I'm doing wrong, quite frankly. And so uh, this was all very, very valuable information, and we could have open discussions on it by specific companies, and why one was lower than another, and 
if you take an occupancy situation and somebody was buying a piece of property uh, versus leasing a piece of property, that might be the differentiation between why one person's cost was higher and or lower than somebody else's. Uh, another real good one was, was acquisition costs way back then. Uh, we'd list a few pieces of equipment and manufacturers and everybody would put down what they're paying for it. The question was, why is Tom paying X dollars for this when I'm paying Y dollars for the exact same equipment? It gave some of us uh, some negotiating space in acquiring equipment. And in some cases, uh, if it was a uh, multiple unit order, we would get together and put in a large order uh, just to drive the price down and then work out the distribution of uh, how everybody picked up their equipment from either one central source or even convince the manufacturer that if we, as a group, give you an order for a large number of, uh, of items, then we also expect you to deliver to all the different uh, facility locations along the way. You know, on some occasions, we'd, we'd go to a city uh, where somebody had a location. Uh, we could all visit and sometimes have a dinner at the location in the interest of time. I think there used to be a lot more of visiting locations uh, along the way to, to learn. There's not as many people um, free to let everybody in their doors these days, and I think that's just, unfortunately, a, a direct result of, of the consolidation. Uh, there used to be so much more sharing uh, down south. We had the, the uh, Gulf Coast Rental Association that met a couple of times a year, and uh, we had people an hour away from each other, but they would share ideas about what was working, what they were having problems with, and uh, and again, all in an effort to make us better and, and the industry better. Uh, anyway, those are just a few of the of what I think are the valuable things that we got out of the meetings. Uh, back then, it was just just the guys, no offense to the ladies, uh, who probably have their own groups today. But uh, unfortunately, as time went on, uh, some of the guys wanted to go to some exotic foreign places for a week with the family, which really changed the entire format of a quick local in and out uh, two day session. And so for me, I I, I didn't get it. Uh, I didn't stay with the group. I left it. Uh, there were some folks uh, in the group that you get along with, some that are okay, and some I really didn't want to be uh, someplace for an hour, uh, a week with. Quite frankly, if I was going to spend a week on vacation, I was going to go with some my local friends. Uh, my suggestion, do it. If you have the opportunity to do it, get in one. Uh, ours was very diverse across the country, and the basic rule was is that uh, – if I, we had a member in Houston and there was a member in Oklahoma who opened a facility in Houston, then that person had to leave the group because it was really too close uh, to the time where the information had been changed hands. And in fact, uh, it just wasn't fair to have two people in the same group in the same market. So that was very, very important. Uh, I know ARA is a big proponent of this and has, I think, almost 20 groups practicing at this time. And so uh, I, have, I have no regrets, and I think uh, still my closer buddies, uh, Don and Jim and Bob and John, uh, 
if you're listening, I, I hope that you'll agree. Uh, there's just always something about take-home value and learning from others. Uh, I think there's a lot of focus now in the younger generation that uh, to get them more interested, get them better educated uh, about the business so that they'll stay with it. I think having a peer group is uh, very, very important. Uh, you got to have somebody. It, it's almost like an outside board of directors. And uh, I can remember some pretty interesting and challenging conversations in our group uh, when people started showing their numbers about uh, how well some people were doing and why some people weren't doing as well as they could be doing if they just made some minor changes. And everybody had, you know, uh, I guess a, a different view of what they wanted to do with their business. Uh, I think a lot of those companies today and the, and the guys that I met with uh, have sold out. Very few are still in the business, so to speak. Uh, some have gone back in uh, better capitalized when they were in the business before. They're a lot smarter about uh, getting back into the business because of what they learned, not only from the group, but just from the experience of going through uh, selling to another uh, possible consolidator or someone who, in fact, uh, you know, they can either lie in their pockets and, and go to the house or, in fact, if they're driven, uh, after a couple of years of non-compete, can go right back into the business, better capitalize, and uh, just to see if they can go back and retain the same customer base that they had many years ago. And, and it's just amazing, like we talked about a week ago with the salespeople, uh, a lot of times customers will, in fact, uh, go with the salesperson if he leaves uh, a particular company. Well, I've seen a lot of these guys who have gone back into the business and uh, their customers are just tickled to death that they're back. Uh, there was uh, changes that were made in the uh, new owners, uh, not necessarily a consolidator, but even a, an equity partner that may have come in and changed some things along the way that they're not happy with. And so you just uh, it, it's amazing to me how quickly some companies can, uh, can go back and build up a very quick uh, clientele. Uh, and a lot of that is because of the relationships that they had in, uh, in building their business many, many years ago. And uh, I, I think those kinds of things will continue to go on as uh, people sell and as people say, uh, I'm bored, I want to go back into the business, and they still have the customer base uh, that will back them to, uh, to continue their success and build a whole new company that, in fact, uh, you, you know, might turn around and sell again. You just never know. Uh, if you love the business, then you might as well uh, do what you love and, and carry forth with the the groups that you've had and, uh, and make another good life for yourself. <laughs> uh, with, with that, uh, we're going to take another uh, quick break before we wrap up, uh, with another, uh, interesting, uh, subject for the last email of the day. And, uh, at that, I'm going to break back to voice America and take a breather. 
Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. This is Rental Equip Talk Radio with Donald Charbonnet. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. That's rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. And we're back at 1-866-472-5790. In our closing segment, uh, this is an important question uh, this email says, what can I do to compete against the bigger companies in my market? Well, the, first of all, I don't want to take sides on this. Is uh, uh, Some of my listeners are, are all across the board from general mom and pops uh, to managers of, of large companies. So uh, I'm not trying to pit one against the other. Uh, my comment would be, do you want to compete against the bigger companies? I've, I've recently read about some smaller contractor companies doing some testing on some unique concepts to make it easier and more convenient with their customers to rent. Uh, it's public information in, in your newsletters, and you've probably, you probably read about it yourself already, but uh, you know something unique like a, a kiosk I read about the other day for after hours renting. I mean, wow, you rent and you, and you don't even see the customer. Uh, Got to have a lot of trust in that concept and and a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, pre-qualifying, if you will, to make sure you know who you're doing business with. Uh, I also see lots of training with YouTube videos, uh, especially with weekend warriors. 
you know, I think you got to make sure that your uh, inside sales personnel and your yard personnel are properly trained to give the proper instruction to the user. This is for a large company or a small company. Uh, this has insurance and customer retention implications uh, that are second to none. Uh, unfortunately, I've been sued a few times in my career, and uh, a lot of times it comes back this to uh, how the customer was instructed to use the equipment. Uh, I'm thinking about, unfortunately, having a, a program that'll be gory days, which will talk about some of the horrible incidents that uh, some of us have been through in this industry. It's not always as uh, pretty and pleasant as we would like it to be. Uh, also, you know, uh, large or small, uh, the equipment is becoming more high-tech these days, and we all have to be prepared to deal with uh, changes in technology. Uh, there's also pre-registering, uh, having, co having contractors pre-register to rent for emergencies so that when it comes time when they need something, that they don't have to go through the uh, typical arduous process of getting an account opened or having a relationship with the company, uh, especially in these days when they're in the disaster recovery business, uh, like what's going on in the, in the Carolinas as, as we speak. Uh, staying close to your customers is probably the most important thing that you can do in competing against the bigger companies in the market. Like I said earlier, there's always, always going to be a market for somebody who's got a smaller contractor uh, who doesn't want to go through the pains of having an open account with a major company. You're comfortable with them dealing with the, uh, on a credit card basis or you have opened an account. I've seen a lot of guys that have uh, given small contractors a chance uh, with an open account and uh, I'll start off with a credit card and then build into a larger contractor that has uh, given their loyalty to that smaller company because they're the ones who gave them a break when they needed it in, uh, you know, in breaking into the market as a contractor. Uh, uh, this was discussed last week in, in customer attention in general, uh, just in staying close. With them, you've got to keep, you know, you got to keep your equipment fresh. Uh, the larger companies are turning their fleets faster. Uh, you got to have great service. That's second to none, as we always talk about. Uh, sometimes it's the guy who gets to the job faster and keeps people working uh, that the contractor appreciates and knows that they're going to be taken care of when the time comes uh, and something breaks. And let's face it. We're dealing with mechanical equipment. It's going to break. At some point, something's going to go down. And so the quicker that uh, you as a smaller company react to it and keep the, keep that guy working or keep his people working, then you're going to keep um, the larger guys uh, away from the opportunity to jump in and say, well, you know, ABC didn't get out here for, you know, five hours. And the salesman will say, well, we can be out here in an hour. Uh, who's to say that the contractor might test that at some point? So as always, don't give them the opportunity. 
and I'll, I'll say that to the big companies too. You know, if uh, you guys have the same responsibility to keep contractors working, uh, just like the small guys, but it always seems like a David and Goliath issue that comes up and uh, in, in how you're going to treat it along the way to, uh, to keep your customer. So, you know, basically my, my, my thoughts are when it comes to competing against bigger companies in my market, don't compete with them. Just do it better than the other guys out there and keep your customers happy. And just remember, it costs a lot more to get a new customer to try try you as a, as a supplier than to keep a customer satisfied. Because once you lose them, it's very hard to get them back. Uh, that goes also for, uh, you know, people with a, equipment who uh, – they call and call and you never have it, you never have it. And so at what point do you say, I'm gonna invest in this and by the time you invest in it, the contractor's tired of calling you because you never seem to have either one available or you don't rent it. So you gotta listen hard to what your customers are telling you. Uh, we used to keep missed rental reports, which were very critical when it came time to uh, spending some money and uh, expanding our fleet and uh, so anyway, that's my thoughts on that from uh, from dear Donald instead of dear Abby. Okay. Uh, some other subjects I'd love to uh, discuss in the future. Uh, some other programs about uh, do you have a safety incentive program and how do you handle it? Uh, what's the incentive? What's the pay concept and who all is involved? Uh, how about what's your most important What's your most profitable item? What is the biggest uh, revenue producer that you have that, in fact, if you take the maintenance cost away, brings you the most dollars along the way? What's the net profit on that? And and also, you know, I'd love to call in about what's the toughest thing about being in this business. I don't know of anything easy about it at all. Uh, but in fact, it's a it's a business that can be very very rewarding. Again, a lot of us uh, get into it because we we're real good problem solvers, and people used to come in and say, "I've got this to do. What's the best thing to do it?" And your equipment selection is, uh, you know, the most important thing that you can give a good customer. So, uh, you know, what's the toughest thing about being in the business? Just being in the business, I think, is uh, is the most important. <laughs> I mean, it's the toughest thing, and uh, obviously, competitive issues and maintenance issues along the way. Uh, and in that, uh, I'd like to close up. Uh, I want to thank everyone for the emails. Uh, keep them coming. They keep the show going. Our listenership is is up. Remember that you can always listen on demand uh, when you go to the site uh, www rentalequiptalkradio.com if you're interested in being a guest, a sponsor or as always, as the shows have been, have a question uh, email me at rentalequiptalkradio at gmail.com uh, next week we're going to have another open forum show with possibly a couple of uh, uh, small guests along the way and uh, remember in the words of the great soccer player Pele for those who can remember Pele from years back. Success is no accident. It's hard work, perseverance, learning, studying, 
sacrifice, and most of all, love of what you're doing. And you wouldn't be in this business if you didn't love it. So till next week, uh, be safe and good running, and let me hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Rental Equip Talk Radio. Be sure to join your host, Donald Charbonnet, next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week. Genie Genuine Parts undergo testing on long-term durability and reliability, which means higher equipment resale values and warranties for you. You don't want to waste time and money on generic parts or even counterfeit parts, especially in the long run. Genie Genuine Parts are factory fitted and field tested to the highest of standards, which means more machine uptime. We also have free ground freight on orders of $750 or more from our two parts warehouses. Go to genielift.com to find out more. Genie Aerial Pros is one of the most comprehensive industry websites focused on safety and standards, service, and new products and applications. The Genie Aerial Pros site features experts in aerial and rental markets with five decades of experience and shared knowledge. You'll also get information on upcoming industry and company events, videos, training, and more. The Genie Aerial Pros website is available on a wide variety of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, or through our own website at genielift.com. The Genie Z60-37FE Boom Lift is at the forefront of true hybrid technology. It is actually two machines in one that can be used for both indoor and outdoor applications. The Genie difference is a lower cost of operation and cleaner performance. The Genie 60-37FE Boom Lift is more fuel efficient, driven by high-efficiency AC motors, which means lower emissions too. Check out the Genie FE difference today. Visit genielift.com. Have you tried the new generation of Genie XC Booms? The XC stands for extra capacity, and with new technology in the design, the Genie XC Booms carry a higher load with dual capacity capability, compliant to global industry standards. Save time while you increase productivity. The new Genie XC Booms are common in design, parts, and accessories for easier servicing. For more information about the Genie family of XC Boom Lifts, visit genielift.com. That's genielift.com.